0: Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social Work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. I'm Jo.
1: And I'm Jerry, and each series of Helpful Social Work we do a review of the year, looking at what's happened during the period of the podcast series. Uh, it usually happens in March because our podcast series runs from April um, in one year to March the year after. Um, which is what happened with series seven uh, series six we actually um, did the review of the year in August because there were various things going on uh, so it's only seven months well it would have been if we'd done this in March seven months since the last review of the year but actually we um, did do it in March and then I managed to lose the recording so we are doing it again in April
0: so and that's the first recording Jerry's ever lost in the whole time that we've been doing this um, and we've gone from complete novices to, you know, people who who know a little bit about how to make it work. So I think you've done really well, Jerry. Well, I, I think like we're going to be say. talking
1: a bit in this review of the year about social work under pressure. And that losing a recording is a kind of classic thing that happens when you've got a few too many things going on. Uh, and although it's only eight months since the last review, it actually does feel like at least a year. Because uh, yes. winter is always quite quite an endurance test, isn't it, in social work?
0: Yeah, and it feels like it's clinging on this year It was um, still feeling quite wintry, so yeah. And also another reason it's important for us to do this review is um, because there was World Social Work Day on the 21st of March. We want to talk about that. Um, And the theme this year was respecting diversity through joint social action. Um, This came from the International Federation of Social Workers' commitment to building a sustainable social and ecological world where humans can live their potential. And I just think that that's a a really fantastic way sometimes for social workers to be able to lift their head and look out at the worldview and the difference and the contribution that we can make um, on a global stage as well as a local stage. Because I think sometimes when you're just working very locally, um, you can miss the really positive impact that social workers can be having in what they do around the world. Um, And so the Federation of Social Work basically says that this commitment requires a fundamental human rights and the ethic of respecting everybody's dignity, whoever they are, and therefore respecting diversity, which is really, you know, the underpinning philosophy, uh, one of the really important pieces of scaffolding of social work is, you know, really um, not begrudging respect for diversity, but having a huge celebration of how incredible and amazing people are in all their differences.
1: Yeah, and World Social Work Day and indeed the whole month around it, um, because I think we take our cue a little bit from the USA, where they celebrate the whole month, um, and mm. the UK is starting to do that more. Yeah, it was it was a really good time to reconnect with the reason that we do social work, mm. and the as you say, the potential that it has. Um, there were lots and lots of uh, learning events and celebratory events, and ways of of making visible and recognizing the contribution that social workers make, and also how rewarding social work can be, because it is about connecting with people um, and connecting with communities and being part of something more than yourself. Mm. So yeah we did our last review in August 2022 when we just finished series six of um, Helpful Social Work and we took a bit of a break from April to September And this year we have done six episodes starting from September around using our physical self in social work. Uh, Things like listening and observing and taste and smell and so on. And some guest episodes. We had Mona Lisa and Gladys and John on. And we've got to around 157,000 downloads uh, with an average of about two to three thousand downloads every month, which is really great. um, Because people do also seem to listen to most of our episodes, even when we sometimes do go on a bit. And they'll get a bit long. <laughs> at the moment, we've, um, we're have we still looking at around half of our listeners being in the UK. Um, the USA is the next um, biggest pool of listeners. Australia is catching up, Joe. Hey, um,
0: hey, come on,
1: and good, strong effort by Ireland, which I'm pleased about, um, being half Irish. And Japan and New Zealand, neck and neck, and then Germany. Um, and I will be doing a podcast in German very shortly. I'm just working on that at the moment. Um, that is so impressive. I'd just like to say, I. Won't
0: be joining Jerry in that <laughs> podcast. I do apologise in advance. <laughs> but those of you who listen will know I have enough trouble pronouncing English words properly, let alone moving into another language.
1: So, yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you speak at least Australian and Cumbrian at this stage. Uh, that that so, is so. true. That is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, our most popular series seven episode was on listening and speaking. Um, and we had a really nice uh, message in actually from Norfolk Baswa group saying that they just finished listening to the episode on touch um for their reading group and um really enjoyed the discussion and particularly about the power dynamics involved uh, Mm. in the use of touch and Ollie also wrote in to say that um he just discovered our podcast and had been uh, listening to the observation episode Uh, he's a social worker with children and also an independent reviewing officer service manager Uh, and a practice educator, so has a lot of scope to to signpost people and and encourage people in their learning. Um, And he said that he's going to be using the observation episode um, to talk to social workers about feeling comfortable and confident to be transparent with service users about what they're looking at and wanting to know about and why. Mm. Uh, So it's, it's really great not just to hear back from people, but to hear what particularly struck them about the episode.
0: Yeah, that that is really good, and it's interesting. As you were talking, I was remembering back over those episodes, and I was thinking, because for me, um, the one about touch was one where I think I learned a lot. Because one of the things I love about doing this podcast is as we talk with each other and explore a subject, you kind of uncover things for yourself as well, don't you? So, um, and I really love those ones where we go away and we go, oh, I've got I've got lots to think about there. And I think the one about touch was one for me that, that kind of sparked a lot of um, reflection. And then the other one probably would have been observation, which is a really um, powerful tool that we use that perhaps we don't make explicit often enough um so yeah i'm i'm glad that people get that chance to sit and think and then as, as as you say if they write back to us then we get to relearn or or to think about new things again which is just brilliant So we're going to be doing a new series, our next series, which is very exciting. Um, And we're going to be looking at how social workers can sustain themselves doing social work. This feels like um, a really important thing for us to visit this year and think about. And we'll be looking at what supports us, including empowering ourselves, but also professional development, peer support, managerial support, and support systems. So we're really going to be looking very holistically um, at social workers and all the things that they can scaffold themselves with.
1: Yeah, and actually, when we start to talk about how things have been over the last eight months or so, and look back to what we were talking about last time, you can, you know, people know already and feel already why these, this topic is so important, why sustainability is so important. But just to kind of set the scene, um, in August 22 we were talking about um, a number of things which are really kind of still very relevant and very much either in the background or in the foreground. So COVID um, and the mm-hmm. aftermath of that, um, ongoing issues around equity uh, in the UK, we were particularly looking at, but across the world um, and issues with human rights and, and how we can uphold human rights in quite a polarised and divided context. Um, there's There was a lot of political stuff going on. Um, we had a Boris Johnson's resignation as Prime Minister in July 2022, um, just before we recorded our podcast. Um, Ongoing issues from the UK leaving the European Union. Lots of reviews happening in social work. um, Mm. Further afield, obviously thinking about climate change. Um, We just had the first ever recorded 40 degree plus temperature in England. That's Celsius or centigrade. Um, The war in Ukraine had started, uh, which is obviously affecting our country and Europe, particularly and, and and we did also talk about, you know, things getting back a bit to normal, um, despite this kind of big picture things. And I think all of those things really have continued on into the last eight months and still feel very, very prevalent. Um, and then the other big things, obviously, that um, are kind of impacting on our society um, and our part of the world, uh, political changes in the UK. We've actually had three prime ministers in the last eight months. Um We've got a new king. Uh, we've just recently had a leadership election for the Scottish National Party. Um, there's lots going on around um, resolving issues in Northern Ireland and trying to get the Northern Ireland Assembly reconvening. We just had the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, which is a really wonderful and positive thing. Um, the ongoing impact from um, the war and humanitarian crises and crisis across the world as kind of impacting on migration here um, and political debate And we've also got um, a cost of living crisis happening at the moment because of inflation uh, following COVID impacted on by rising energy prices and a really hard winter. So I think, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot, isn't there? The big picture politically, socially, economically is quite turbulent um, and still feels more turbulent. uh, You, These last three, four years felt more turbulent than my lifetime before that.
0: Yeah, I think that would be a fair thing to say um Jerry that there is a lot of turbulence in the world and um the good news guys is that we're all, you know, trudging through. So, you know, yeah. the the resilience of humans never fails to inspire me actually. Um and when you sit down beside people and you hear their individual stories and the ways that they're managing things and getting through things it's um it can be quite heartening,
1: and the activity uh, to support people as well. Yeah, that's really yeah. visible in all of these. Yeah, of like um, situations.
0: we have um, our little local uh arts centre has got a warm spot, um, so that people could come in and you know be, be warm and turn off their heating at home and have tea and coffee and company and things like that. And so there's there there are lots and lots of you know as as these pressures push on us people step into those places and spaces and innovate. And so, um, you know, and that's some other good news, guys, the ozone layer is nearly healed. There was a report released by the UN last month that say our efforts to heal the ozone layer by banning those um, dangerous CFC gases in the um, 1987 treaty, well, they act- it actually worked, which is fantastic. Um, And the EU just banned pesticides that kill honeybees. And I think that's brilliant because we really we need those honeybees to keep the chain going. So, you know, it's springtime, guys, get out there with your wildflowers, plant, 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 you know, um, (laughs) so they can thrive. And then there's the Benin Bronzes. They were the sculptures that were seized seized in Nigeria by the British soldiers in 1897. And they've just been dispersed into public and private collections everywhere but they're starting to be returned and they were first returned by Germany now from the UK and I think we'll see more people and you do um, you know in that world in the world of um, art collecting and museums and things like that you're starting to see some really excellent conversations about where that plundered work belongs and how we can return things to people and I think that that's just a really positive way of starting to acknowledge and honor diversity and the diversity in culture um and history and where things belong for people so that's some good stuff happening
1: yeah and it we yeah we've put that in we've talk, we wanted to talk about that because there's the big picture can get very distorted can it because you can mm. yeah you know, really immerse yourself in the difficulties and struggles and not see the positive developments um, and pretty much every, everything that relates to humanity is kind of nuanced, isn't it? There's some you know, yeah. tricky things and tricky conversations and some antagonism and some division. But there's also work, you know, really great work to build relationships and be, be constructive and um, be respectful of not just other people, but of the people mm-hmm. of, of the world around you. So it is really good to, to kind of look for that as well. And there's also,
0: for humans every day, there are small, triumphant, joyful events that people should feel okay about celebrating. And I think sometimes when there's lots of struggles, it can feel hard to kind of, you know, celebrate things joyously. But there is, for individual people, there'll be, you know new babies being born and birthdays with older people or people reconnecting with each other and all sorts of like, you know, my neighbor's boy passed his driving test first time and the family was just cock a hoop about it. So there's small things as well as large things happening that, that can, um, you know, that we need to keep our eye on as well, I guess. Yeah.
1: And in the world of social work, it's um, just kind of looking in, into that now. Um, there is a lot of pressure. Yeah, all these social political economic things the cost of living crisis particularly and in the uk the impact of what's now been twelve years of cuts from Westminster really really does affect public services mm. particularly um, but communities um, and we're seeing very high levels of poverty and big impacts on social care and other areas of public service that social care really relies on like housing and health um, and so that's leading also to some um, Uh, kind of disruption in those services from strike action as well Mm. from uh, Mm. particularly in the NHS so alongside that you have this really constructive call from all kinds of actors across the the sector and all kinds of allies across the sector and particularly with people with lived experience for uplifts to benefits and how you know better housing investment in social care and other services as a safety net that makes things better for everyone um and so you know, when I look at news stories around things like the number of people in hospital waiting for for social care which was around thirteen thousand people in England in January or vacant posts um in adult social care okay that's my field so that's why I tend to look mm. at it um you know, which are you know very high issues around finding carers um I suppose the thing the, the flip side of that is that visibility on this and the recognition of the need for social care and for social workers and, f- and for that sort of social security and social safety net is positive, um, because ultimately it's citizens with votes um, and voices that change things. So there's a lot of really good lobbying going on. Um,
0: yeah, and I think it's really important that we uh, that we, as you say, it's about being constructive. Um it's about not being apologetic. it's about having that really strong sense of advocacy, both for the people we work with but also for ourselves, because actually you know we're we're all woven together, and when when um the people we work with thrive, we thrive as well. We know that, and so actually um being able to get together and raise our voices join our voices with everyone else in a constructive dialogue around how we can strengthen um you know the social welfare sector and how we can really look at the contract that was made many years ago now and 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 see how we can um, you know revisit that and and make it strong and durable for society today I think is is really really important actually you know in children's services we've got this big review the independent review but we've also got um you know a disappointing response from the government in terms of how much investment and and what they're willing to do about that review so there's been a, there's starting to be a lot of lobbying and challenge about that as well and I th- I think that's um yeah, and then, yeah, really and then adult
1: services, again, in England, we've got a real pause on reform. Um, mm. There's a pause on the reform around caps on care costs. Uh, so, saying that there's a, you know, a cert- only a certain amount that people would have to pay towards their social care, which is means tested, uh, as opposed to the National Health Service in the UK, which is free at the point of use. Um, and that's been delayed again. And there's also been a delay recently put on the um, introduction of liberty protection safeguards. Mm. Um, so, So that can be quite frustrating because it can feel like we're a bit stuck. We know we know how things can be improved, um, but we're not able to move on it. Um, But I think one of the things for social workers there and one of our one of our kind of talents maybe or, you know, things learned learned by experience is perseverance. It's just hanging in there, continuing to lobby, continuing to build, hopefully support around um, reform and investment and looking after each other. In the meantime, that's the other really big thing, so that we're ready, you know, for when the political wind or the social um, atmosphere or the kind of popular vibe changes, and yeah, there's yes. opportunity
0: yeah i think you're right and for me that means that we really want to i cuz i'm seeing you know this impact is not only on local authorities is it 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 streams out to small independent businesses it also streams out to charities and all sorts of other places um and we need to really spread our protective net as as widely as we can so that if people need to do things differently, that they mothball some of the good things that as you say, that they're ready to go when um these changes come through. Yeah, it's gonna to to deny really the impact
1: on people in the meantime. And I think that no. yeah, social workers are often there as a kind of um last defence really against um really, really big struggles and really tricky Um, Mm. things that can absolutely overwhelm people and so holding that kind of line for um, what's essential to human sort of yes life um, yep and and hopefully to human flourishing um, we have to do that Uh, but we do need to do that collectively because I think for any individual social worker at the moment it would be quite easy it is quite easy and and, and very likely to feel overwhelmed
0: yeah I think you're right Jerry if more than now more than ever peer support um, group supervisions, individual supervisions, learning and development sessions where you're sharing with each other, um, accessing, accessing things that help you feel a sense of community and remind you of purpose um, and help you think about how to manage moral distress. Really important to access them for yourself. They're not luxuries. Um, then they're, they're kind of necessities in these times. And luckily, there's there, that's the other thing that's happened, of course, isn't it, is that we've seen through COVID and beyond, we've seen a kind of proliferation of um, networks growing and different ways that people are building to support each other and encourage each other, which I think is really great. So, yeah, but when we think about this year, Jerry, yeah. You've got a question here which I think is interesting how has this year felt and how does it feel now um and I've got to say I honestly fast just fast is what I, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I just um uh I'm constantly bemused by how I I go to sleep one morning in one month and I wake up the next morning and I'm in a new month that's that's how fast it feels so um Lots of things happening, a lot of of things happening, but as you say, not happening at the same time. I think that's quite weird. So there's lots of talk about in children's, there's lots of talk about the review and the reform in certain areas. But if you talk to practitioners on the ground, one, they haven't had a chance really to read it yet. And two, there's no difference for them. So there's both this kind of sense of great movement and this sense of stillness, which is um, quite strange. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine, she's 90, and I was saying to her, we went out to a garden centre yesterday, and I was saying to her, well, what about for you, Lil? How does time feel? And she said, well, some days, like it's not moving at all. Mm. And other days, just like I can't even grab a hold of it, you know, I kind of think where's that day gone and so there for me there is a sense of time moving everywhere I think um, I feel there's a bit of calmness in politics actually I don't know why I feel that but um, (laughs) I kind of feel that maybe people are starting to realize that they really need to take things very seriously and that we need some really good, coherent, thoughtful, coordinated responses um, to a lot of the issues that we've raised. That's that's what I'm hoping we'll be seeing in that um, scenario. And in terms of, like, connectivity, I, th- I think for me, one of the great things that has happened over these three years and, and, and into this year is the is the amount of effort people have put into reaching out to each other, checking in with each other, sharing little things with each other, um, really embracing the technology just to say, hey, let's just jump online and have a chat or, or, you know, kind of using those ways of communicating and checking in to make sure each other's well. So I've actually felt a lot of care um, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of care come my way and that and that's lovely, you know. Um and hopefully that's helped me kind of push it out as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and for me, um I mean it's it's the things we've talked about, what I feel like or felt and what I've seen and experienced around me um in this kind of period is really increased pressure. Um and then alongside that, just a lot of admiration for the the work that is going on both the work to manage how things are and, and the work to advocate and call for things to change mm. um, and I, just an example of that I've been involved in a project for the last couple of years around social work with older people and it's a research project looking at social workers uh, in local authorities in England and how they work directly with older people, um, the impact that they have, the skills that they use, how the context is is affecting them. Um, and the field work's been going on for the last six months. We've had researchers observing social workers. And you know, when it was planned, obviously we knew the context was going to be hard. Um, the bid was going in during COVID lockdowns. Uh, but this winter has been extraordinarily pressured. Uh, you look at the data around waiting lists and around resources available per person. you know. It's, it's been very, very constrained. But what we're seeing within that context, that really constrained context, is great social work. Um, you know, People are persevering and working through things and being creative and maintaining the, the relational, the really high relational skills mm-hmm. that you need uh, in any context, but actually particularly in a pressured context, because of course the pressure is felt by the people that we're working with as well. Um, and try not you know, kind of really get a sense of all the hidden stuff that social workers do i was talking to a colleague about it really recently that yeah you might have a a plan and a process um, and in theory it works abc but the only way for it to happen is for the person at the center of it to have a level of reassurance which comes from a relationship and Um, skill to reassure and where where would you write reassurance time down on a you know Mm. on a database where would you show that in the law um, Mm. or in the policy yet without that time to reassure the whole thing Mm. doesn't happen so it's those kind of things that are not seen or I think really appreciated Mm. including sometimes by us Yeah. when you start to look at them you think actually that's that's a phenomenal human skill Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a lovely thing to to think about, Jerry. And certainly for me, um, you know, I've been in rooms of social workers who turn up, um, determined to take what learning they can and apply it to the people they're working with really thoughtfully. So I get to witness lots of really reflective and thoughtful conversations by people who are still quite tired and quite stretched, um, but are willing to kind of give that time to thinking about the person in front of them and being really curious about them. And I think that idea of reassuring, because a lot of the conversations go around um, this kind of sometimes what you need to do is just be there or let them talk or, or um, you know, and they kind of are talking about things that they can't quite capture. But what it is, is it's skills transfer, isn't it? They're they're transferring hope. They're transferring resilience. They're transferring care Mm -hmm. into another person so that person can have, you know, the courage and the energy and the resolve and the belief to actually try some of the things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that is,
1: you know, a huge part of, of social work. Yeah, and then the other things I think I'm seeing, you know, that that give me a, a lot of confidence and hope in the profession are, um, firstly, a real emphasis on human rights, which is sorely needed in the UK at the moment. And if you look at, for mm. example, migration, mm. um, and the the efforts to uh, to change our kind of human rights commitment to political human rights commitment to asylum seeking, for example, mm. um, and the and the the calling out of that and the lobbying against that. Um, lots of work around human rights for children, um, for young people, for um, people who, you know, it's unclear whether they're a child or an adult, um, where there's um, people, young people who are living in unregistered accommodation, where there's kind of different sorts of um, processes or policies that, that affect um, people's dignity you hear and see social workers calling that out. Um, with civil society, there's a real effort for that. So that's that's a source of great, um, great hope. And 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 the other kind of big developments around that is, the, the allyship with people with lived experience, and the growing diversity of the social work voice, and mm. and the voices in this country. You know, who gets listened to, who, um, who gets a platform, who's, um, who's being heard, um, and. Again, challenge to assumed power, um, I think is, is really growing, um, and a real, you know, effort to understand our history and why some people are in privileged positions and others aren't. Um, and the other thing actually to mention is I think some of the, the efforts to kind of polarize discourse around, um, tricky areas of human rights like trans rights or, um, uh, you know, rights of um, young people who may be under eighteen, but may not around age assessment, you know, where there's or, or reparations around slavery, those really difficult topics where you know, mm. there has been, there is political and social and media effort to, I think, cause polarized debate to distract, you know, so people end up talking about um, you know, arguing rather than being constructive. I think some of that is starting to peter out. That's how I, I'm you know, something that I'm starting to feel that I think that the debate. The, the area of constructive and mature and sensitive and respectful debate is growing mm. um, and, and and some of that more malicious or um kind of cynical um efforts to to you know, populist um kind of efforts to to set mm. people against each other is being pushed back against and being and being pushed away which is you know, what needs to happen? You know, we need to be able to have grown-up debates and really um, respectful and thoughtful and sensitive debates around tricky issues. And I think social workers have a, a place in setting that tone in society as well, because that's one of the things that our ethics um, kind of points to, and that we that we work on day to day.
0: Yeah I I agree with you Jerry and I think social workers do have a place and a space there of course because their day-to-day work is about um understanding that people have competing rights and responsibilities and trying to help people get their get get what they need to live a good life and also to um, step up into their responsibilities in a way that feels um, safe and productive and useful. And so those kind of skills are are part of what social workers are doing each day and seeing social workers bringing that, those skills and bringing those um, uh, and bringing it to bear publicly on these topics, which, which we need to be talking about. If there was, the whole thing about some of the stuff we've reflected on this year, you know, the earlier stuff, these are not quick fix things. If this was easy to fix, if this was an easy win, then someone would have stepped into that. These things require us, as you say, to be thoughtful and careful and courageous in our conversations and to keep looking all the time for solutions that will, um, you know – Pay attention to people's human rights and and their and respect their
1: um, dignity in the way that we go about yeah. about the conversations as well. Yeah, because it's, it's the it's the experience as well as the outcome, isn't it? That really matter. Um, if we want to, you know, if we want to live together, wish we do. Yeah. Um, and I think We want to thrive
0: together. Yeah. You know, we yeah. want to see, you know, we want to be in a society which sees, which judges it's how they're doing by the standard of the most vulnerable, not by the standard of the most well-off. I think we should always be looking at, you know, how are the most vulnerable people in in our society doing? And also be really mindful that that population can change at any time and we can go into that population at any time. It's it's not like that's a fixed Population, people are moving in and out of that vulnerability um, over their lifespan, and so therefore, we 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 could all be there, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, um,
1: absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things that's really helpful in terms of kind of having a conversation about what a good life looks like and what a good society looks like is to is to be talking to people about um, you. Know, what would you want to be in place if you needed it? Um mm. what would you expect for yourself if you were in this person's situation um because we are we are interconnected um and the impact of of one person struggling is felt by others around them you know mm. in ways that we don't um we don't necessarily recognize um and also the impact on any any person's human rights um, is there for everyone else um yeah, you know, because we're we're all we all rely on universal rights, um, and once you start to threaten those, then you know it's it's very very risky for everyone. Um,
0: and we live in a society yeah. that is well placed in terms of you know standards of living and education and. and Structures around justice and that to actually get a grip on some of this stuff yeah. and and do it well, you know. Um. And so, yeah. yeah. One as of the social things that social workers should yeah. take advantage of that.
1: One of the things that comes to mind for me, actually, is is this um kind of truism about change, which is, if you're just kind of plowing along and keeping going with things, it can get harder and harder, but it's kind of incrementally and almost imperceptibly harder and harder until suddenly it's really really difficult. If you try to change things, the first thing that happens is that you take a good look <laughs> and things look worse because you're looking at them in their entirety. They should yeah. also look better because you're looking at them in their entirety. And you you should be you, know, you will be um, hopefully noticing all the good stuff that's going on as well that you want to build on, as well as the stuff that does need to change. But that long, hard look is a really tricky time. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of where I feel we are at the moment. Um, and from that, you can make progress
0: um, yes. but it
1: can't yes yeah, you need to remind yourself that things aren't worse because you're looking at them they were like that and mm-hmm. now we're recognizing it and we're trying to do something constructive about it
0: and I think that's um that's a lovely note Jerry for us to to leave this on actually um because you are right there is something about actually Having that good long hard look, and I think that is what COVID kind of pushed us into, actually, um, and and meant there were many other tangential things happening as well that you've mentioned, um, Black Lives Matters, the war in Ukraine, etc. But this stuff has made us take this long hard look, and now it is yeah that question is okay. Well, what what would a fair society look like? What what are you know what is the contract and you know, how can social workers be a good part of that? Yeah. And, and, the and what would our work look like? What would a social work look like if we designed it to be a pivotal p- part
1: of a fair society? Yeah, and It's the chance to listen to the people who've been looking the whole time yes. and saying stuff the whole time yes. <laughs> as well. Because I think it's about the um, a whole society kind of conversation now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Well, that's this year, guys. Um, <laughs> we we hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening that you've um, that you're having, you know, the best year you can, and that you're able to access as many different resources and as make as much connectivity and and get as much care as you can, because um, I think that's you know for me that human connection both in social work practice and as a person is is so helpful to kind of living your life well